0: To the Foundations Church podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ.
1: Today, we're in our series, our standalone kind of not series, a sermon where I want to talk to you today about dynamic duos, dynamic duos, like Sonny and Cher, right? Like some of you are like, who's Sonny and Cher? Be quiet. But um, um, today I want to talk to you about dynamic duos. And and as I started thinking about this message, um, I start going to the all-time great dynamic duos. And I tried to not make this too dated because everything that I started thinking about was either sports related or really, really dated. Um, And our younger generation people be like, who is that? Who is Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen? So um, I wanna give you some of the most famous dynamic duos and some of them are younger and some of them are older, right, and this is my list. If you don't agree with my list, That's fine. Go make your top 10. But today, this is my top 10 dynamic duos of all time. And as we get ready to kick this off, starting at number 10, is my favorite WW, not E, old school WWF, Federation, not entertainment because (laughs) wrestling is real, of the Road Warriors, greatest tag team of all time, right? And some, I heard somebody's like, well, what about the the British Bulldogs? I'm like, they're British, right? Like, they're not American. They're not going to beat us up, right? Um, We are, like, we, anyways, I got all kinds of things I could say. But my favorite wrestling, tag team wrestling team of all time, right there. Number nine, number nine, ultimate famous dynamic duos, Mike and Sully. Mike and Sully. Number, I mean, you get two movies, right? Number eight, SpongeBob, SquarePants, and Patrick. Some of you are like, no. I'm like, you need to watch it more because it's funny. Um, I don't care. If you want to understand your pastor more, watch it. Um, Anyways, (laughs) number seven, this is for all my old school here, Bo and Luke Duke. Come on, right? Little Waylon Jennings right now, just a good old boys. Um, Bo and Luke Duke. For all my sci-fi nerds, these next two are for you. Number six, Han Solo and Chewbacca. Number six. All you Star Wars people are going to be mad because number five is Captain Kurt and Spock, right? Like, come on, send your Vulcan sign up. You got it. Number four, Bert and Ernie. Grew up with Bert and Ernie. Some of you are like, yeah. Number three, Batman and Robin. Batman, real old school. Old school Batman and Robin, right? Like, pow, wow, all that stuff. So the top two, and these were really hard for me, but the top two, starting with number two, Woody and Buzz, number two. And the number one famous dynamic duo in my life, this was my Saturday morning crack cartoon, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. I'm just telling you, not a mystery they didn't solve, not a mask they didn't pull off, I'm just telling you, it was always the creepy old man, right, and so um that those are my power dynamic duos and and today when we talk about this when i talk about dynamic duos sometimes we call them power couples right why do we call them power couples because power couples do powerful things right that that's why we call them man they are a power couple and today there are two things that if you and i can get in our life it will lead us to doing dynamic things for his kingdom and living our life out in a dynamic way. And the dynamic duo I want to talk to you about today is thankfulness, like being thankful and being, having a life full of contentment. Thankfulness and contentment is our dynamic duo. But, but here's what I understand, is that just like there are dynamic duos, there are destructive duos as well, right? Most of the time when we get bad habits, it's not just one bad habit, it's a couple of bad habits, right? It's not just one thing, it's that one bad thing usually has a traveling partner of something that is a destructive. So let me give you the destructive duo that's gonna wanna come in and take out thankfulness and contentment from your life. And it is this, it's comparison and envy. Comparison and envy. And when I say envy, what does envy mean, right? It means this, it means jealousy. It means covetness, right? Like you're coveting um, to be like a biblical word. It means to be resentful or discontent or to crave or to want what isn't yours, right? That, that is the destructive duo that wants to come in and disrupt your life from ever experiencing thankfulness and contentment when it comes to your life. And hear me, as your pastor if you can get thankfulness and contentment in your life it will lead you into living life out in a very powerful impactful meaningful way because here's the deal i've never seen a joyful person who wasn't a thankful person Right? I haven't seen a person that their life was led by the Spirit and they were living a Spirit-led life who was, their life was bearing the fruit of the Spirit that didn't have contentment and didn't have thankfulness active and alive in their life. So the question is, how do you and I come to a place where this dynamic duo of thankfulness and contentment is active in our life. The first thing is this, understand continual thanksgiving in life brings consistent contentment to life. Continual thanksgiving in life brings consistent contentment to it. They are traveling partners. And and here's what I love about this point, continual thanksgiving, not just every once in a while thanksgiving, right? My quote, my motto that I live by every Thanksgiving, I've got a shirt that I will be wearing. Thanksgiving Day says, if it ain't brown, it ain't going down, right? Like (laughs) Thanksgiving Day is not a day for you to eat vegetables. That is Monday through Wednesday, right? That is to prepare yourself to eat a bunch of gross food that you don't really want to eat. Can I tell you, on my plate on Thanksgiving Day, there is turkey, there is dressing, there is mashed potatoes, and there is gravy, and I'm coming after that gravy with a biscuit or a roll to sop it up like a shovel, man. I mean, there, there is a strategy I have, right? But, but here's the big bigger picture of Thanksgiving. It's not just a day to eat with our family, it's a day to be thankful. It always strikes me that like right after we're done having a Thanksgiving thankfulness meal, we go Black Friday shopping, right? Like now here's all the stuff I need, right? Like it's like the total polar opposite of of like what we just celebrated. Now give me all the stuff. Um, But you know, we go from Thanksgiving to all the stuff. But Thanksgiving isn't just to be something that happens once a year on a Thursday, It's something that's supposed to be consistent and active in our life on a continual basis. And here's the promise I can make you. If you can be thankful on a consistent basis, it will lead you to a place of being content in your life no matter what your situation may be. But how do you do this, right? How how do you do this? It's, you got to learn to fight the cravings. You got to learn to fight the cravings. Now I'm about to make some people mad and make some people upset, and it has nothing to do with OU playing OSU this week, because I think OSU is going to kick our butt, but I have it has everything to do with what I call my inner fat boy. And some of you are like, he's calling himself a fat boy. Just hear me out for a second, okay? Um, There is an inner fat boy in me that happens every day that I have to fight. And this inner fat boy, he wants pizza every day i want pizza stuffed crust pizza little season's i don't care it can be cheap pizza it can be expensive pizza it can be bougie pizza or just little Caesar. i don't care i want pizza i want ice cream every water burger i drive by i want to drive through and order the number two which is the double cheeseburger i want that thing as big as you can make it give me the big fry and don't give me some sorry coke i want a shake it's bulking season not cutting season right Like, I, that, and can I tell you, there are, like, I can taste it right now. I can taste the cheeseburger. I'm trying not to spit everywhere as I'm speaking right now. Why? Because there is a craving that I desire on a daily basis that happens that I have to say no to because I want to be healthy, and if I'm going to be healthy, I can't follow every craving. And some of us, we are spiritually unhealthy. Because we are following the cravings of our flesh and we're following the cravings of what we want. And the things that we see other people have, well, I want that. And the things that God is doing in other people's life, well, why ain't God doing that in my life? And what has happened is we haven't learned to fight our cravings, we haven't learned to fight our flesh, we've just followed it. Right, and as a result, we become spiritually unhealthy because it's led us to a place of being envious, And comparing, and that is how we live most of our days, and instead of struggling with it, we've just surrendered to it. And here's what the Bible says. In Philippians chapter 4, it starts in verse 6, and then we're going to jump to verse 11. It says this, don't worry about anything. Right? Everybody say anything. Don't worry about anything. Right? Don't, don't stop. Stop worrying about, some of us say, well, I'm just a worrier. Right? No, 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 no. You're not just a warrior. Paul's saying, stop worrying about anything and understand the context in which Paul is writing this. Paul understands this is one of the last letters that Paul is writing in the New Testament because he knows he's getting ready to die. Like he's getting ready to be executed and he's in prison and he's not in an ideal situation. And Paul writes this Don't worry about anything. Really? Paul's saying that from his situation stop worrying about it all instead pray about everything don't worry about anything instead pray about everything can I tell you when I start praying I stop worrying but when I start worrying I never start praying It is really hard to do one while you're doing the other. It's not necessarily impossible, but it's really hard to do one while you're doing the other. And God has called, man, pray instead of worry, right? You're doing one or the other. Tell God what you need. Pray about Him. Tell Him what's going on. Tell Him what you need. And thank Him for all He has done. There's power to that. Tell him what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Verse 11 says this. Paul lets us in on his his situation. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. Let that sink in. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. And I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is a full stomach or empty with plenty or little. How did he learn the secret of living in every situation, of being content with whatever he had? It goes right back to verse 6. He stopped worrying about everything and he prayed about everything, right? And instead of worrying about it, he started thanking God for all he has done, not telling God everything he hadn't done. And if you and I can learn to come to a place where we start consistently thanking God for all he has done, it will lead you to a place where thanksgiving is a consistent part of your life and consist uh, and being content is a consistent part of your life that is happening on the daily instead of just every once in a while here's what we've got to do we got to make sure that we're following his word instead of our nature we got to follow his we've got to be a spirit led person instead of a self led person And that means we've got to fight our emotions and we've got to fight our cravings and we've got to follow what his word instructs and tells us. First Timothy chapter six, verse six through eight says this, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. You want to know how to be a rich person? And here's the simple truth for everybody here, everybody here, I would say this to probably almost a 99.9% positive thing about what I'm going to say. Everybody in here, you're in the top 10% of the wealthiest people in the world. And yet most of us would complain we don't have enough. Inflation. Godliness with contentment. No matter if there's inflation, no matter who's the president, No matter what's going on, no matter how expensive gas is, no matter what other people have and what you have, godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. How do you stay content? How how do you stay here? How do you not just get there every once in a while, but how do you stay a thankful, like your life is full of thanks, a thankful person, and a person that is constantly content with what God is having? And hear me, when I'm saying contentment, I hope you have goals. Like last week I talked about dreams and that God's not done with you and you need to have dreams, but there's a difference between being driven and being discontent. Right? There's a difference between having goals and never being happy with what God has done and is doing in your, in your life. And if you're going to come to a place where the dynamic duo of thankfulness and contentment is in your life, hear me, you've got to do this. You've got to have a focused mind because a focused mind leads to a thankful life. A focused mind leads to a thankful life. I love this verse found in Proverbs chapter 4. It says, look straight ahead. Don't look around, right? This is for all you ADD people right now, right? Look straight ahead. Stop, stop, focus, right? Like, focus in, right? Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Not what lies before the other people around you. Not what lies before your coworkers, not what lies before your siblings, not what lies before people you are in competition with, but fix your eyes on what lies before you and mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. Don't go go off-roading, right? Stay on the safe path and don't get sidetracked. Stop chasing squirrels, Justin. Stop, don't get sidetracked and keep your feet from following evil. How do you not get sidetracked? How do you have a focused mind? You've got to keep your eyes and your gaze fixed straight ahead and fix your eyes on what God has ahead for you. Not for other people, not what's happening in other people's life, but what he is doing in you. I'm going to use an illustration. I have no idea what I'm using today because this is for horses. So, um, But when I started reading that passage, I thought of like horses when they've got the blinders on, right? And that's what this is called. It's horse. You put this over the head, the ears go here, and this is for the eyes. And on the side here are little blinders, right? And you put this bad boy on. I hope I'm not allergic to horses. We'll find out in two seconds. And, oh, that's awful. Um, anything for the gospel, but. What's this do? It keeps the horse from looking to the right and left. it keeps it from getting distracted, right? It keeps it from getting off course. And can I tell you, this is what we need spiritual blinders to our life. Some of you, you need this because you're more busy comparing your life instead of running the race that God has for you. And as a result, you're not content, you're not happy, you're always dissatisfied, you're always griping, you're always complaining, and everybody around you is miserable because you're more focused on what other people are racing towards and what God's doing in their life instead of what he's calling you to do with your life. Man, who cares what God's doing in other people's life? Focus on what God wants to do in your life and stop looking around and stay focused on the race He's calling you and I to run. Because if you don't focus on that, hear me, if you don't focus on that, you're going to run after everything that looks good and accomplish nothing in the process. You're going to get to your 70s and your 80s and go, what did I do with my life? I just was trying to keep up with everybody instead of running the race that God called me to run. Here, I love this. Comparison is telling God you'd rather be a knockoff than the real thing. Comparison, it's exactly what it is. God, I want my life to be like them. Instead of being the real thing and allowing you to do what you want to do in my life. When I was in Bible college, um, I was broke, right? Like, if you are not broke in college, you're selling illegal drugs. I'm convinced of it. I'm just convinced. Cause even rich parents don't give their kids money. Like, 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 no, you're gonna learn to struggle, right? Like, and it's a good thing. Like you need to be excited to eat ramen noodles, right? You need to be excited that you got a sam sized pack of ramen noodles for Christmas. Like that's the gift that keeps on giving, right? And when we were we were growing when we were in college and we would go to the store, I wanted Dr. Pepper. Right? But my budget couldn't afford Dr. Pepper. My budget could afford Dr. Thunder, but it couldn't afford Dr. Pepper, right? And, and here's the deal, so I would buy the Dr. Thunder, and I would try to get it to that place, and some of you are gonna know the little college fridge, you know the little freezer, the tiny little freezer. I put a couple of cans in there and pull them out before they exploded everywhere, right? But to get them nice and icy and slushy because it tasted better. But can I tell you, doctor, and I would try to convince myself, well, Dr. Thunder's just as good as Dr. Pepper. No, it's not. Here's how I know this. If you walk into your connect group and you bring in Dr. Thunder and say, say say this, I'm going to bring Dr. Pepper and show up bringing Shasta. It ain't going to fly well, right? You said you would bring Dr. Thunder. Not Aldi's version of Dr. Thunder. Like, no, no, there is a... There's a, it's not the real thing, right? And some of us, we're settling to be a knockoff of somebody else's story instead of the real thing God wants to make you and create you and write in your life and in your story. And here's what it says in Romans 12, 1 through 2, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, all the comparing and trying to run everybody else's race and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us not before everybody else run the race that is set before you looking unto Jesus not to others because I got spiritual blinders on the author and the finisher of our faith can I tell you he wants to write an original story give you an original race to run so stop settling to be a cheap knockoff of somebody else's story and life and journey and step into the race and the story that God wants to write in your life and that only happens when you start being content and you have a life in my mind that is focused on what God is doing because a focused mind will lead you to a life that is full of thanksgiving there's a bigness in that if we're going to be if we're going to have a focused mind and if our life is going to be thankful hear me on this Christians we got to do a better job of this we got to learn to celebrate rather than compare We we gotta do a better job of this. We gotta learn to celebrate rather than compare. So many times when great things happen in people's lives, the last people they tell are the people they go to church with. Because here's what happens well, it must be nice. Right? Oh, it must it must be great to be them. Why why doesn't God do that in my life? I'm still waiting on my, 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 promotion. I'm still waiting on my car. Let me, let me share you a little story for a second. I have a really good friend. We went to, we're, we're roommates in college together. His name's Chris Parvin. And Chris, here, here's, can I just tell you, I'm going to talk normal and not biblical terms, right? Like, cause here's, here's how we say somebody's rich. Chris is really blessed. Well, that means Chris is rich, right? So, um, Parv, I'm just gonna call it the way I see it. Parv's rich, okay? And Parv belongs to like the Southern Hills of Dallas, the Dallas National Golf Club. Um, He has a private jet when he goes on vacation. Uh, He ain't going first class, he's going private jet sucker, right? Like he's like rolling up. And um, when I went and saw him a a few months ago, um, I got to drive his, his Rolls Royce to dinner. Um, I think it was a Rolls Royce Wraith or something like that. I may be saying that wrong. Um, all I know is really nice and really fast. Um, and then he got a McLaren, a brand new McLaren. If you don't know what a McLaren is, this is his McLaren that he took a picture of, right? Or that I took a picture of. Um, it had 60 miles on it, right? And he just bought it. If you can go to the next picture, yeah. And the next picture, I mean, it's, it's the newest, latest version. If, yeah, it's gorgeous. Right? And this is what he let me do. He actually let me drive it. This is after I drove it, okay? This is after, I mean, I felt, I felt this way after I drove that thing. There's a little strut to my step. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, next time I'll wear a tank top in that thing. I mean, I just felt, I felt. I felt sexy. I felt good, right? I just... All the feels. And here's the deal. When I walked away and when I drove back home, do you know what? I wasn't envious of my friend. I am... I told him i'm like you get something else you call me and we'll go play with your toy like i'm like let's do this you want me to drive your junker rolls royce okay i'm in right like you need a buddy to play with you at dallas national golf club i'm in and every time i see him i'm just like bro it is crazy cool that this is your life right like he is building a house right now his next door neighbor troy aikman boosh are you kidding me like, you better not invite me to your house, because I'm going to be a Cousin Eddie at Troy Aikman's house. Like, I'm going over, and totally fangirl. I'm like, oh, Troy, you know, I'm just like, just being honest. But, but here's why I tell you this, you know what Chris needs? You know what Parv, my friend needs? He needs somebody to celebrate him instead of to be envious of him. He needs somebody to just that he can celebrate and call and tell good things and say, man, God's doing this and he's super generous and God has been faithful to bless him because he's a person that flow the blessings flow through instead of he just hoards them, right? And it's awesome to see in church, we gotta be better at celebrating one another instead of comparing our lives to one another. In fact, the Bible says this in Romans 12, 15 through 16, rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others joy, Driving others McLaren, right? Like, <laughs> Rejoice. And weep with those who weep. Sharing others grief. Live in harmony with one another. And don't be haughty. I love that, ver- that word, haughty. Call somebody haughty and see how that goes. Conceited, self-important, exclusive. But associate with humble people. Those with a realistic self-view. And don't overestimate yourself. And here's what I see and here's what I hear all the time man, if I could just make what they make and you find out what your buddy makes and all of a sudden we get jealous and we start comparing and instead of being focused on the race and the journey that God's got us on, we're focused on what God's doing in their life. And why aren't you doing that in mine? Because he's calling you to run your race, not theirs. And he's calling you and me when other people can run faster than us to celebrate that they can run that fast. Right? When other people... Are running in Nikes and you're running in like Payless shoe store shoes. How I many remember Payless, right? That you can celebrate your friend got some new George. You know what I always wanted? I wanted the Reebok pumps, right? Like I was like, yeah, I never got Reebok pumps. I was rolling in ponies my whole life, right? That's just what it is. And he's calling us to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep and to celebrate with those who celebrate because when you can learn to celebrate others, man, you stop comparing your life to others. And it's a way more joyful, happier way to live your life and for them to live their lives as well. Let's be people who are constantly staying focused on the race that God is calling us to run and celebrating instead of comparing with others third thing is this, God won't show you step two if you haven't been faithful in taking step one. God won't show you step two if you haven't been faithful in taking step one. I am notorious for when I put something together, which doesn't happen a lot, for skipping the steps and just doing what I want. How many of you have seen the stupid reindeer lawn ornaments that light up and they're all white and glittery and like... I put those together this past week, right? And kind of. I I attempted to put those together. And I saw them. I'm like, how hard can this be? So I I put the head on first. And then you're supposed to put the legs on, but I'm like, I'm gonna put the head on first because that looks cool, right? And so I just do it the way I want to do it. And I go to put the legs on, it, and I can't put the legs on um, because I've already put the head on and the wires won't stretch that way. And I'm like, ah, oh, why did I do this? Because I didn't just put it on there. I zip-tied the head on there, right? So, because I was going to make sure this head doesn't fall off and freak all the kids out in the neighborhood. Like,
0: ah, oh, mom,
1: scary reindeer, right? Like, um, they have no heads. And so I had to go back I had to cut, I had to decapitate the reindeer and take the head off so I could put the legs on. Why? Because I was more focused on step two than I was step one. And a lot of us, we are getting focused and we want to know what is God's will for my life? What is God's purpose for my life? I just want to know my next step. I just want to know my next step. But I can tell you your now step for this week. And it's found in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says this, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Can I tell you, that's one of the hardest scriptures in all the Bible. Justin, what's God's will for my life? I don't know what his next step is, but what I can tell you his will for your life is right now is to be thankful in all circumstances. That means this, that you're thankful despite, not because. You learn to be thankful despite your situation and your circumstance, not because of your circumstance. And some of us, our thanksgiving and our thankfulness and our contentment is dependent on the circumstance we find ourselves in. And Paul's saying this, you've missed it. You've missed what God's will and His purpose is for you. And God's will for you who are in Christ Jesus, that you, if you are a follower of Christ, right? So if you're an atheist today, you're off, right? Like the, you, you are exempt from this point. But if you, this is God's will for those who belong to Christ. If you call yourself a follower of Christ, He's saying this you don't know, you wanna know what God's will is? You know what, you wanna know what God wants you to do? He wants you to be thankful in all circumstances. Not thankful for the circumstance. Not thankful for the hard thing. Not thankful for being broke, but to be thankful even when you are broke. But to be thankful even when you are hurting. To be thankful even when your situation is less than ideal A close. And I gotta be done. But can I tell you, as your as your pastor, every service will have people that I've walked through some hard, hard moments with this year. Usually I'm not one to be a fan of a year coming to a close, but I'm a fan of this year coming to a close. Because just to be honest, it's been tough. And it's been hard walking some of you through loss and death. It's been hard walking some of you through the the losing of a job and your relationship with your kids. And some of you have gone through divorce. And some of you, there's all these things. And you're hurting and you're upset, and rightfully so. And you should be hurting and you should be upset. And some of you, you're at home and you're angry and you're struggling with depression and you're struggling with discouragement. And hear me, I know the gravity of what I'm saying, but God says this His will and His purpose. Don't be thankful for all the things you've had to go through, but in the midst of it, be thankful in it. It's a big difference. Because if you can learn to be thankful in it, here's what happens. You start focusing on who's in it with you. And that is a game changer. When you realize you're not alone in it, but you're thankful in it because he's in it with you, there is a shift that happens in your countenance and in your character and in your attitude, and you learn, man, I hate that I've gone through this and this isn't fair and this isn't what it was supposed to look like and this wasn't the dream and this wasn't on the five-year plan however I'm gonna fight and I'm gonna scrap And I'm going to do whatever I've got to do to still learn to be thankful in it. And despite my circumstances being less than ideal, I will learn to be thankful in it, not for it. Because he is in it with me. And the word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength when paul is talking about learning to be content in every situation right after that part says i can do all things who through christ who gives me strength. You're not gonna be able to be thankful in every situation under your own strength. You're not gonna be able to be thankful in every circumstance under your own power. But you can learn to be thankful in the hard times and the good times, in the hurting times and the healing times when you allow God to be your strength. Because can I tell you, if you can learn that there is a dynamic duo that is coming into your life, then there is nothing that you won't be able to handle or go through because you got thankfulness and you've got contentment that is working in a powerful, amazing way that is going to lead you to finding the will and purpose of God for your life and you are going to accomplish such, such big things. So today, let me challenge you. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on. But but be thankful in all circumstances. But that's Christ's will. And that's Christ's purpose for your life as a follower of Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, I know, I I know the holidays can be tough. God, I know there's some of us that, Lord, our, our situation in our life right now is less than ideal. And we need you. We need your strength. We need your power. We need your help. Because some of us were struggling to be thankful in this season. We're struggling to be thankful in this situation. And is it fair? No, it's not fair. <laughs> is it what we plan for? No, it's not what we plan for. But I pray that we would become people that are thankful despite our situations, not dependent on our situations. And that we wouldn't look for our situations, for our encouragement, for our hope, but we would understand even when we go through those hard moments and those hard times, you're still writing our story. You're still mapping out our path for the run for us, the run that you have for us to race. So God, even when it gets hard, even when we're hurting, even when we don't know if we can keep running, I pray that we would keep walking. And when we don't know if we can keep walking, that we would keep crawling. And we would crawl towards the path and the race that you have for us and that we would be thankful in all circumstances. Because Thanksgiving births life. I Man, Thanksgiving births encouragement. Thanksgiving leads us to a place of being content. My joy is not dependent on what I have but Lord on what you are doing in and through me. Let us lean into that today. Let us understand that you are still faithful on all I have needed, your hand has provided. Be with us today and let us take step one so that we can be faithful in taking the second step. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here Man, I, I'm at this place, and I'm, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you a chance to change that. Today, you may be here, and maybe you're not where you should be in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you need to recommit your life to Him. Can I tell you, you couldn't be at a better place. In this moment, this moment, your moment. And if that's you, whether you're here in person or you're watching at home, I'm gonna count to three and all I want you to do is raise your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yep, there's, there's two hands. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today. You just say, Justin, that's me today. That's me, I... I Man, I know, I know where I'm at isn't where I should be. So why stay there? Right there is a change that God, there's a race that he has ready for you to run and this is your first step. And if that's you, hear me, this isn't an embarrassing moment. This is a moment to be excited about and step into the race and into the story that God wants to write in your life. Is there anyone else you join these two hands before? Yeah. Is there anyone else you join these three, there's four hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today, and I want to join these four hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today, and I confess that I have sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it and I ask for your forgiveness. And I turn towards the life that you have for me and I grab hold of it. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. It's
0: in Jesus' name I pray, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message.